Hello and welcome to the Grace Avenue Church Podcast. As you listen to this message, I pray that you're built up, encouraged through God's Word, and I pray that His Holy Spirit leads you and guides you in the way that you should go. I pray that He gives you answers for your questions, healing and help for your life. Most importantly, I pray that this Word helps you to become more like Jesus and a greater influence for Him in our church and in your world. Now, let's grow together. Enjoy the message. I want to read this verse, it's a uh, passage of scripture, it's really inspired today's message and it, it got me thinking about this message I'm going to preach today, but I want to read it to you, it's from the book of Revelation chapter 21, it's John obviously speaking, it's the spirit of God speaking, it says, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling of God is with men. He will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be with them. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And he who sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. I make all things new. Come on, we serve a God who makes us new. He made us new. He made our heart new. He made our lives new. Father, we worship you this morning. We thank you for a new day, a new week, new opportunities, new faith, new hope, God. God, prepare our spirits this morning to receive your word. We worshiped you. We've come into your presence. We've given you, hopefully, what you deserve. Receive our worship today, God. Receive our generosity. Tune our hearts to hear your word by your spirit. We're grateful in this season, Lord God. Grateful for what you're doing. You are worthy, Lord Jesus. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen. Well, it's great to be in the house this morning. I hope you're doing well. Um, I want to quickly just show you a video that we put together. Uh, it's better than me announcing it. It's a great team put a video together. Go ahead and check this out. 2022, we were pushing faith forward, believing God for what is next. Well, here we are this next year, 2023, and it's time to step out in faith. What that looks like for us is February 19th, our final services at our Blossom campus. That'll be the day we have the last service there. The next week, February 26th, there will not be services. And what that day will be, will be a day for our teams to finalize leaving that place in excellent condition, breaking everything down and packing things away and moving and getting ready for March 5th, where our first services for here at the Whitley Theological Center will take place. The Whitley Theological Center is a well-known space. It's got great parking, great place to have services, great space for kids. And it's a place we've explored and landed on that will be the interim campus for us for this next season. We're excited that God's provided this open door for us. It's something we've been praying about for a long time. So what this means for us is beginning March 5th, we'll start having services here. And the exciting part is we will not be locked into a lease and we will be here for an extended amount of time that gives us more time to be able to look for the building that God has for us. So let's keep praying, let's keep giving, let's stay generous and let's keep thinking about as we follow God, He's opening the doors that we need to step into. Let's stay in faith for that. 
We'll see you guys soon. Uh, we've been um, planning this whole transition for quite some time. So again, can we just give a hand to everybody who's been involved in planning, strategizing? It's a lot of work uh, to uproot, you know, the whole church. Uh, both services, and then people who aren't here uh, today, uh, to the communication, the logistics, all the pieces, the moving pieces to make this happen. So very grateful for that. Is Tony here? Is Tony in service this morning? Tony Maroney, Tony Arouza, where is she? So I think she was here. Oh, there's Rob. Well, we'll clap for you, Rob, because it was your wife who found this place for us and did all the legwork to help us secure that location. So we're very grateful for that. And uh, I know Tony was outside in the, in the lobby earlier, so thank you, Tony, for the hard work. Been doing a lot of communication to get us there. Excited about this new season. Let's jump into the Word this morning. We've been talking about seeking heaven over this last several weeks. We're talking about seeking heaven here on earth, keeping our eyes fixed on God in the midst of a world that does not always feel like heaven. Amen? <laughs> a world that sometimes feel like, feels like quite the opposite. And here we are keeping our eyes fixed on God, seeking heaven, seeking the things of God in the midst of a world, atmospheres, times and seasons that don't always feel like that. And I read that, that chapter um, 21 of Revelation just a, a second ago. And I want to jump back into it. Just that last part, the Revelation 21, where it says, And he who sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. This morning, I want to talk about embracing newness, embracing newness, okay? Uh, to embrace something is to take or receive it gladly or eagerly, right? Accept willingly, to adopt, right? To take it in, to embrace it, right? Newness is defined as the quality of, of having been recently created or having started to exist recently. And in Christianity, especially Within the New Testament, in regards to our faith and our salvation, newness is a common and consistent theme that runs all throughout the Bible. All throughout the scriptures, this topic of, of newness is something that's highlighted, something that's very important to our faith, and it really is, is so much of a lens that we're supposed to see our own lives and our faith through, not just our salvation, but every single day that we live. Okay, so let me read you a verse here, Romans chapter 6. It says this, We have therefore been buried with him through baptism into death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory and the power of the Father, we too might walk habitually in what? Newness. Let's say it one more time. Newness of life, abandoning our old ways. So Romans is saying, hey, the old you has been buried with Christ by the power and the glory of our Father. And now you and I are walking habitually, daily, regularly, consistently in this thing called newness of life. What is that saying? It's saying that when God saved you, it wasn't some one-time thing that you got away from. There's a newness daily that we walk in with God. There's a newness. There's a freshness. There's a restoration every day as we walk with God. And what does he say? Abandoning our old ways. Okay, so here's the, the first thought I want to I anchor us in, and it really it shaped a lot of this message here, and it's this thought. Jesus constantly brought his disciples into newness. Okay, now when we read about this, the disciples, Matthew and, and, and Peter and John and, and, and Luke and, and all these different people, Judas and Thomas, we, we know their names and we know a lot of their stories because we can read about them and we can read what they encountered and what they dealt with, but when they were going through this, everything was new. 
And so think about this concept. When they met Jesus and they began to follow Jesus, every story, every move, every transition, everywhere he stepped was brand new. Think about this. Jesus modeled following him with newness. He wanted us to see that following him was not this clearly mapped out thing called life, which is what we're always shooting for, right? Lord, show me the plan. Lord, tell me what's next. But what will happen next year? What happens if I get the job? What happens if I don't get the job? No, what they were concerned about was the newness of walking with Jesus moment by moment, day by day, hour after hour. So when Jesus said, follow me, that's what he was bringing them into, newness. They had abandoned their old ways, their old life. And he brought them not only into new life and new faith, but he brought them into completely new realities, things that they never experienced before. Sometimes I think we become so familiar with the stories of Jesus, the miraculous, the parables, the wisdom, the power of the, in the authority of the word, and the power and the authority with which he spoke with, that I kind of I, I forget, hey, this was brand new to people who were experiencing this on the daily, in the moment. They weren't reading about this. They were living it out. They were walking it out. There were things that they had never seen, things that they had never heard, things they had never experienced or even understood, concepts about the kingdom, about light and darkness. All of this was brand new. Okay, and here was what was interesting. They were constantly, the disciples, offloading things in and of themselves that did not please God. (laughs) It's the best way to say it. They were walking with Jesus in such a way where they were offloading attitudes. They were offloading behaviors. Some of them Jesus was calling out. Some of them they were recognizing them within themselves. But it was new for them to come into this relationship with God where he says, follow me, they follow, and then something in them has to change. Something about the way they think has to change. Something about the way they speak has to change. Remember the disciples are like, hey, should we call fire down from heaven to burn up and scorch this guy? Jesus is like, hang on a second. (laughs) That's not how we're going to deal with our enemies today. Right? There are certain things that we get used to in life that God wants to shift. And he wants to bring us into newness, a new way of doing things. Sounds a lot like us, doesn't it? What these disciples were walking through. See, salvation and following after Jesus, it wasn't simply about a decision that they made back then, but about experiencing and embracing newness every day. Every day was a lesson. Every day was an opportunity to tune in. Every day was a moment to embrace newness around every corner, through opposition, through attacks, through accusations, through lies, through fearing for their lives. Every single moment of every single day, as they followed Jesus, was an opportunity for newness. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says this, If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away, the new has come. That verse in itself is is doing away with our past. It's saying that our past is covered by Jesus. Come on, does that not get you excited this morning? The old has gone. The new has come. And God sees you as righteous and sees you as new. You are not who you were. You are brand new. In spite of what people think, in spite of what people say, 
you are brand new. Glory to God. That's good news. Colossians 3.10, he says, put on your new nature. Here's newness again. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. This is Paul, Paul speaking to the Colossians, telling them, hey, there's this new nature of Jesus Christ that you yourself should put on. This is your responsibility. Put this on when you get up. Put this on when you deal with people. Put this on when you're walking through seasons. Put this on when you're disappointed. Put this on when the unknown is facing you, when there's uncertainty in front of you. Put this on in how you deal with disappointment because there's a way, an old way, that you used to put on. But that old way is gone. And a new life has come. And you've been given a new heart and a new name and a new life and new grace and new love and new mercy. And his spirit wants you to put and renew that new nature on your life. Ephesians 4, he says, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life. Look what he's saying here. He doesn't say, pray that God would take the old life off of you. He says, you throw it off. Throw it off. That former way of life. Throw off that sinful nature. Call it for what it is. You know, so many people get stuck in so many ways. In, in habitual sin because they refuse to call it sin. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. It kills our joy. It kill you can't worship freely when you know you're filled with sin and shame. You feel like a fraud. Amen? How do I know? Because I've lived it. <laughs> it is not good to feel like a fraud. It does not feel good to live like a liar in the presence of God. But thank God his mercy covers even my foolishness. And his love covers a multitude of sins. And he gives us opportunity. The Bible says his mercy is new every morning. New every morning. Every single morning there's newness waiting for you. The biggest mistake of your life, there's newness, newness waiting for you tomorrow. God is waiting for you. We have to embrace that. So he says, throw off your old sinful nature, your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Holy Spirit renew your thoughts and your attitudes. Look at this. Throw off. That's one command. Let the Spirit renew thoughts and attitudes and then put on a new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. See, sometimes this is hard for people to get because we're seen through our own eyes. We're hearing by our own ears. This is why when Jesus would, would teach or when Jesus would explain things, sometimes he would say, he who has ears to hear and eyes to see, let him hear and let him see. Meaning what? That some people cannot hear. Some people are not awakened. Some people cannot see. This is the power of the gospel. It's not just a random thought. It's not, it's not an intellectual thought. It's not just a random point. There's power in it. It's the power to change our lives and the power to shift our thoughts and our attitudes, to renew our hearts, to change our hearts from very cynical, bitter, mistrusting hearts into hearts that trust God, trust people, love again. And when something is brand new, Right? The experience is usually very tangible because 
It's unfamiliar. You know, have you ever started a new job and you, you don't know where to park and you know where everybody goes and what does everybody do for lunch and who are all these people and who should we not talk to in front of and who should we not talk about in front of? You're, you're feeling your way very gently and humbly into new environments, right? right? When you get a new laptop, you know, you open it up like it's the holy grail, right, of God, like God's light is shining on it. Or when you get a new phone, you treat the new things with such great care. And what happens over time? Over time, you become over-familiar, right? Throwing the phone across the room, the laptop on the bed, right? When you bought new furniture, remember how, how the couch looked brand new? Remember how some of your grandparents used to put plastic over the furniture? Like you take, that, like you take the plastic off, it literally looks like it was still made in 1972. It looks perfect. Nothing's happened to it, right? That plastic was to keep that new condition. In walking with Jesus, there's a new condition we can be walking in daily. But we have to put off some old things. We have to let some things die. Some old nature has to be called for what it is. And we have to recognize it. You know, long-time Christians, I'm talking to to people in the faith here who've been in the faith for a long time. One of the difficult things about God changing things is that when he changes something, our mind goes to, God has abandoned me. God has failed me. God doesn't care about me. It's usually one of those. Instead of thinking that possibly God is trying to do something new in us, around us, and with us, we try to hold on to the old. I see this over and over. I see it in church life. I see it in marriage. I see it with so many people. It's this desire to hold on to what was rather than embracing what's new. The truth is everything's changing and everyone's changing. And here's the thing. Even if you could go back, things wouldn't be the same anyway because life has changed and times have changed and you've changed. And one of the best things we can do to keep our relationship with God fresh and to keep our hearts centered on the right things, the things that matter the most, is to keep the sense of newness, this expectation God is working in us. He's working around us. It's something bigger than I can even understand. Isaiah said it like this in chapter 43. He said, behold, which means, hey, look, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not Perceive it. Here's what God is saying. I will make a way in the wilderness. And I will make rivers in the desert. These are poetic, beautiful verses, but look at the concept of what God is painting a picture of right here. In a desert, there isn't any moisture. Yet he's making a river in the desert. What is he saying? Where it seems impossible, I'm making a way. And in the wilderness where people are often lost and burdened and worn down and tempted and, and tested and have gone through trials, he's saying in the wilderness, okay, I'm making a way in the wilderness. See, this is the goodness of our God. This is the one who wants us to have eyes to see and ears to hear what newness is all about. He wants us to see it. He wants us to perceive it. He said, hey, I'm doing this thing right here. Can you perceive what I'm doing? Can you understand, comprehend? What I'm doing. Has anybody ever spoken a language to you? Like, I know like about 25 Spanish words, and I can get, a while, get around for about a minute, and then people take off, and I'm like, okay, I'm lost, bro. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm lost. Right? 
But as soon as I give them just a little in with three words, boom, they take off, right? But I don't know what they're talking about because I'm rusty and it gets lost, right? When, when, when people speak languages you don't understand, sometimes you get lost because it's unfamiliar to you, right? And in the same way, when God is speaking the language of newness to us, but we're still speaking the language of the old, we get lost. We're still thinking the thoughts that are old. We get lost. We're still thinking about what God used to do or what we wanted God to do or what we wish God would have done, and we're missing the new. We're missing the new. Come on. We don't want to miss the new, church. We don't want to miss what God is doing. We don't ever want to miss what God is doing. See, within Christianity, right at the foundation, you find these, this deep, abiding promise of God, okay, that gives us hope. Newness gives us hope. My worst day today, guess what? God still loves me. Okay, the worst season of my life, God still creates new seasons. The worst situation I've been in, right? God still has hope in and through the next season. I've got to stay the course, right? Here's another thought to think on. God is always bringing you into newness. He's always bringing you into newness, whether you like it or not. Whether you asked him to or not. Whether you thought he should or not. How many of you sit in the same seat pretty much every week here? <laughs> and how many have been tested in your love for the Lord when someone has sat in a seat that you usually occupy? I saw these two ladies get into it when I was a little kid. Right in church. In the middle of worship. Start bickering and going for it. I was like a 10-year-old kid looking up going, what is going on over a seat? Dang. Some people are like that though, right? They hang on to what was. They hang on to what used to be, okay? Now, God is always bringing us into newness. Now, why does he do that? I believe it's because we would stop changing if God didn't make things change. We would get comfortable and we would enjoy being comfortable. And we would keep things the way they were. We'd keep life the same. We'd keep marriage the same with no tests. We'd keep life the same with no challenges. We'd keep church the same with no changes. We would keep worship and prayer and our, our, you know, our leadership. We'd, we'd just be happy with where they are. And then we would settle. And what happens when you settle? You become mediocre. And what happens when you become mediocre? You stop growing. And what happens when you stop growing? People pass you by. Because you stopped relying on God. You're relying on what used to be. Right? See, during the pandemic, I remember seeing this as clear as day. People were so used to preaching. And in my position, if people were just bringing generic messages, they weren't really digging into the word of God for their people. They found out that when they had to stand up in COVID in 2020 on a camera and preach life and hope to a people, to a nation that was going crazy... They didn't know who they are. They didn't know who they were. There were people calling me for messages. I'm like, why are you calling me to talk to your flock? <laughs> what does God want to say to your flock? What, do you know your people? What are they going through? How can I have a message for your people? Are you with me? Maybe that's a little too much information today. I'm letting you in on preacher drama. So, bro, I got a word for the Lord. Get a word. I got a word for you. Get a word from the Lord. Pastor your people. Know the flock. Care for the flock that God has entrusted to you, right? See, see, it was newness 
And people were having to stand in front of cameras and, and speak to a congregation that they couldn't see and give hope that they weren't certain of. But if that hope isn't settled in you before you get on camera, boy, when the lights are on, people will find out. And when the pressure's on you in life, if your hope is not settled, if the newness of God's hope and life that he has you, even when things change, you'll change. You'll sink. You'll withdraw. Your heart will become hardened. Happens all the time. We have to keep newness at the forefront of the way we see God. You know, we're supposed to approach God with open hands. Nothing he's given us actually belongs to us. My kids, this church, the gifts, the talents, no matter what God's given me, it's his. I'm I'm a steward. I'm not an owner. I steward it like an owner, but I'm not an owner. And more than anything, I'm accountable. I'm accountable for the way I approach every day. Is this getting a little too much into under the hood today? It gets better. It gets a little worse, but it also gets better. Hang on. All right. I think if, if we stopped pursuing newness, if that wasn't a part of the equation with Jesus, I think we'd just get comfortable. I think we'd stay where we are, right? So if, if familiarity is what we want from God, then we're actually saying, God, We don't want who you are. We want who you used to be. We don't want what you're doing. We want what you did. We don't want where you're going. We want where we were. Does this make sense? There's a freshness that comes to our own hearts and the way we see when we embrace newness. Here's, here's, Here's what happens. Number one, we get faith for new realities. Faith that has to rise up on the inside of us. Moms, dads, you will have to have faith to rise up in your own faith for seasons in your life. New realities that you're introduced to that you did not plan on. That you did not have any clue were around the corner. And your kids will be counting on your faith in that new reality to carry them out of that reality into abundance, into hope. See, new realities work like this. Things happen that we didn't know were going to happen. That's usually how it happens. I didn't know this was going to happen. How could this happen? You ever say that? How could this happen to me? Well, why not you? Want it to go to somebody else? Why? I don't know. Why do bad things happen? I don't know. Why do good things happen? I don't know. Why do good things happen to bad people? Why do bad things happen to good people? See, there's realities that we're brought into, and here we are trying to to grab something out of the cosmos to control it, when really what we're supposed to be doing is holding on to faith. Jesus said, when the Son of Man comes to earth, will he still find faith in the people? Why? Because their realities will be all messed up. Okay. What does that mean for me? How do I make the most of the situation that I'm in? In this reality that I've been dropped into, good, bad, indifferent. See, sometimes new realities are fantastic. I got promoted. Got the job I've always wanted. We got the house. We got the, we got the promotion. We got the career path. The income has changed. Things are great. Like, there's are realities that we find ourselves in, so how do we make the most of it? Sometimes they're negative realities for us, things we didn't plan on, things we don't want happening. How do we make the most of those situations? How do we not get lost in fantasy 
instead of staying in faith in reality. Okay? When it comes to embracing newness, here's what else we get. Hope for new possibilities. When we embrace newness, we get hope for new possibilities. New possibilities, new things that God can do, things he could do, things he's capable of because he's God. He's not my personal servant. He's God. He's not my personal genie in a lamp. He's God. He's doing something bigger than I understand, and he always will be. He's doing things I don't agree with, and he always will be. He's doing things that are bigger than I'm thinking and planning, and he always will be, right? So, so how do I change when hope for possibilities has withdrawn? When you find yourself shrinking back without hope, okay? I, I'm going to simplify this and just really lock in on it. I believe you worship the Lord and behold his glory. I believe when you come to the place where you abandon hopelessness, where you refuse to bow to hopelessness, and you worship the Lord, and you behold his glory, and you recognize what I was talking about in Revelation 21, that he makes all things new. That includes you. That includes your spirit. That includes your marriage. Do you know how many new marriages God has restored that were broken here? Do you know how many new lives, how many new minds, how many new hearts? Do you know how many people walk into this place that were so full of hurt and anger and bitterness and probably for good reason that have been renewed and made right with God and are now tender, not carrying an edge, not carrying an ego, not trying to prove anything, not holding on to the past? See, there's hope for new possibilities when we embrace newness. When we embrace newness, we also get courage for new challenges. Courage for new challenges. Have you ever said this? How am I going to get through this? Have you ever said this? How are we going to get through this? See, God gives us courage for new challenges. Here, see, how many of you have said that before in some form or fashion? How am I going to get through this? How are we going to get through this? Yeah, yeah. Well, guess what? You're still here. You made it. You got through it. At the time, the challenge didn't seem like it was very inviting. But courage rose up. You stayed the course. God gives us courage for new challenges when we embrace newness. And lastly, he gives us grace for new seasons. He gives us grace for new seasons. See, the Bible speaks so much of times and seasons in our life and Sometimes I think we're looking for the glory days. We like to live in the way things were, or we like to live in the way things could be. But God is working in the now. And as he works in the now, there's newness in the now to be refreshed and restored to a place where our hearts can be stable in the midst of everything else that is uncertain. You know? So what's the secret to all those things? Get out of your own way. Get out of God's way. Let God renew in you a right heart. David prayed that. Renew a right heart and a right spirit within me. Like he, he was humble enough to recognize where his heart and his spirit were off in this whole situation. He goes, I'm not where I could be. I'm not where I should be. God put me where I need to be.
God said in Ezekiel chapter 36, and we'll, we'll close with this verse. He says, I'll give you a new heart. I'll put a new spirit in you. I remove from you a heart of stone. And I will give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you. And I will move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. See, God's heart there is to show us that even with a heart that is turned to stone, for whatever reason, disappointments, what we think is unfair, how life has treated us, what has happened, God says, I can take that heart of stone and I can turn it into a heart of flesh. I can put my spirit in you and I'm going to remove that from you and I'll move you. God will actually move your heart to follow his life to follow his law, to follow his word. What does that mean? It means new transformation. It means new hope. It means new mercy. It means new grace. It means new compassion. It means new love. It means new joy. See, maybe what some of you are looking for this morning is what was or what has been. Maybe some of you are looking at what could be, but what God is trying to get you to focus on is the newness of what he wants to show you today. How do you get that? I believe it's as simple as this. You surrender what you have left. Wherever you're at right now, you surrender it to God. God, this, this, is, this is what I got. Broken, busted, disgusted, whatever it is, God, this is where I'm at. God, I give it to you. This is the amount of faith I have left. I give it to you. Give me faith for this new reality. Give me courage in this challenge. Give me grace in this new season. Give me hope for new possibilities. Surrender what you have left. And here's what I found, that when you give God what you have left, he will always do something greater. He will always do something better. He will always do something more fulfilling and satisfying than you would have chosen. So will you do that this morning? Our church is following God. Lord, you're leading us. This community is stronger than it's ever been. There are more men and women locked into groups and relationships than there ever has been. The community is tighter than it's ever been. It's healthier than it's ever been. God, you're leading us. Okay, so we're going to what's next. But your heart has to be ready for it too. Because God has something more for you in this next season. We're not a traveling circus. Maybe those kids aren't back there. We're not a traveling circus, but we are a traveling community now. And God needs surrendered hearts. Who knows who's going to walk through those doors? Who God's going to bring in every single month? More and more people are being added to this community. Finding hope in Christ, finding community, growing in their relationship with God. And when they meet you, they need, a, they need to meet a surrendered you, not an obstinate you, not the old you, but the new you. So would you pray with me this morning that as we close, for brothers and sisters around you who are walking in this season, 
that need to surrender some things to God. Surrender. Maybe a heart of stone. Friend, I'm not saying it's not justified that I don't empathize with what you've been through. But God's promises are true. And if he says he's doing something new and we should perceive it, man, let's hold on to it. Let's reach for it. Let's reach for hope. Let's reach for courage. Let's reach for faith. Let's reach for grace. God, would you cover us in this season with all the change we have going on? God, would you renew hearts this morning? Refresh them. Stabilize people in your grace and in your mercy today. Where people need faith or courage, Lord, bless them in this moment right now. Give them legs to stand on, God. God, where there have been hearts that have seemingly turned to stone in people's life, for whatever reason, God, would you turn those hearts today to flesh? Church, this is the part where you come in to play. You have to give it to him. You have to give him what you have left. And when you give him what you have left, what he can do is something new. Father, would you not just do something new? Would you do something mighty in the lives of your people here this morning? Something transformational, something powerful, God. Lord, would you birth in us new hope, new faith, new courage, new grace for the season ahead. You know, as we sit in God's presence here, I just felt, I just feel led to just pray about something specific. I feel like for some of you, and I felt this during worship, that just God has brought you into the seasons, especially some of you who are, are, are single and maybe even newer to the Lord and maybe you've moved to this city and you're here temporarily. I just sense like God is saying, this is a moment not to waste. This is a season not to waste. You know, we're encouraged so much in scripture to make the most of every opportunity and seasons are opportunities. And right now, some of you are, are in a season where there's not a ton of pressure and you're in this really beautiful place with the Lord. And my, my encouragement to you is to make the most of that. Make the most of that. Don't let that become overly familiar. Keep it fresh. Keep, it new, keep that newness there because that's going to shape the next several seasons. Father, we surrender today what is not of you. We surrender what's left. God, would you bless and nourish your people today with the things we've talked about? Hope and courage and faith and grace. Would you lift us to be able to see even beyond ourselves, beyond our own pain, beyond our own understanding, God? Would you lift our eyes to see the newness that you have in store for us.
In your name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, I pray that that word blessed you. If you'd like to know more about Grace Avenue Church or want to know more about how to be a part of what God has called us to here in the city of San Antonio, or if you'd like to sow financially into our vision and mission, please visit us online at graceavenuechurch.com. Thanks so much for listening. We hope to see you soon.